Hey everybody, welcome to This Week in Marvel. My name is Ben Morse. I'm the Editorial Director of Digital Media here at Marvel, and I am sitting across the table with Daredevil writer, Inhuman writer, Uncanny Inhumans writer, mm-hmm. um, IVX writer. Yeah, Poe Dameron. I read the Poe po Dameron, Dameron writer. Too, right? yeah. I, I can't keep all your credits. Yeah. It's Charles Soule, guys. He's hey. here. Hey, He's hey, here hey. in Marvel headquarters, and we are talking about Inhumans versus X-Men. IVX. Yes, IVX. Which the first issue of which is out this week. That's true. Wow, it's amazing. It, today is, yeah, we as we're recording this, it's Monday. Yep. And on Wednesday, the first issue comes out. We've already had the zero issue out, yep. um, which I wrote with uh, Kenneth Rockefort, um, mm-hmm. Rockefort. Actually, it's funny. Sometimes you work with these artists and-, and You don't know that. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce names. her name, which is terrible and makes yeah. me feel like a real jerk. But his art in the issue is phenomenal. Beautiful stuff. Um, really, really gorgeous. Uh, and and uh, it, it sort of told the the story of how we led up to, to IVX. Mm-hmm. And so- in the in the death of X story that just ended, um, I don't. Is this a spoiler? I think can I spoiler? I think a little? we. Should I think I, at this point like, we can, we we can kind of spoil the. Yeah, you guys should be reading IVX number one. So if you haven't yeah. read Death of X yet, turn the podcast off. Yes. Go read Death of X. Keep it paused because mm-hmm. we're gonna have plenty of good stuff to talk about. But um, yeah, go ahead and spoil away. So so in Death of X, uh, Cyclops. Uh, Scott Summers, sort of the, the the old kind of legacy version of Scott Summers, mm-hmm. dies um, from exposure to the Terrigen Mists, mm-hmm. and uh, which is the the substance that gives Inhumans their powers. Uh, and and it's learned that Terrigen in general is is poisonous to mutants. Uh, mm-hmm. And and there are these these two big clouds of the stuff going around the planet. Um, and you know, yes, they're being tracked by weather services. Yes, hypothetically, you can get out of their way if you need to, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still kind of a really bad problem. Pretty scary. Yeah, it's scary if you're a mutant. Uh, and so the the this that is all found out in Death of X. Like the, this mm-hmm. problem exists. Cyclops dies within it. Emma Frost basically loses her mind at the mm-hmm. death of her great love Scott Summers, uh, and and starts the X Men on a on a what could be a very very dark path. Uh, well, at the same time, uh, Hank McCoy, Beast, is working with the Inhumans, yeah. Queen Medusa, uh, Iso, some of the other prominent um, Inhumans to try and find a solution, a peaceful solution to the problem, trying to figure out some sort of cure for mutants, uh, maybe some way to deal with the cloud. Uh, who knows? But but at the at the end of Death of X, uh, Cyclops is dead. One of the two clouds is gone, so there's now only mm-hmm. one Terrigen cloud going around the Earth, and, and there's a state of kind of uh, truce or detente between the mutants and the X-Men. And that lasts for about eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of complicated incidents that happen in the various series. And now we're we're getting to IVX or Inhumans versus X-Men, if you right. prefer syllables. And, <laughs> and then uh, it's where it all sort of blows up again. So yeah. it's it's huge. Uh, it's a six-issue mini. Um, uh, Lanil Yu is drawing it. Looks great. Yeah. I've seen the first issue. It is, number one, bulky. It's a <laughs> yes. big first issue. It's yep. square bound. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, huh. it was that big. And um, it's gorgeous. Uh, it really gets you excited for the event, and it's, uh, it's an excellent one. Yep, and that was my phone. That's so okay. I'm turn off that phone. <laughs> uh, um, it's nothing important. Yeah, no, well. What, what could important. be more important than this? Nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge series. Uh, writing it up with Jeff Lemire, mm-hmm. um, who is the, the, the lead X writer for... You know, for a while since since kind of yeah. post Secret Wars era, been writing extraordinary X Men. Yep, and I've been I've been running the Inhuman show uh, for mm-hmm. for that time as well. So so we are uh, 
we're kind of throwing both of these gigantic casts at one another. Yeah. Um, it's been really fun to to think up different matchups, sort of like you know which X Men would be fun to see against which Inhuman. Um, and There's a really great one in issue one that you do not see coming. It's kind of a nice surprise. Uh, We're I, not going to spoil yes, it. Yes, I was going to say, no, let's not spoil don't it. Don't spoil but, that. Yeah, and there's, there's a cool. lot more of those to come as, as the series continues. It, yeah. uh, you know, If you're going to do one of these Versus series, you got to have the cool battles. Absolutely. You've got, and you've got such a deep bench of X characters and Inhuman characters, particularly after the last few years with so many new Inhumans characters created that you, know, you get to bring in people like Miss Marvel, like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, mm-hmm. and then, of course, all the new Inhumans you've created. Sure. Inhuman and Uncanny Inhumans gives a lot more... Uh, there are a lot more matchups than even a few years ago there would have been. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And, and they're in a lot of different interesting locations. Um, like, so, you know, you, you you think first about the story and the emotional beats, but then you start thinking about set pieces and where you can mm-hmm. put, put set some of these fights so that they'll be really interesting uh, as far as the environments that they're in and the backgrounds mm-hmm. that they're in. Uh, and, and even the you know, the emotional content of the place where the fight is happening based on how it might be relevant to either in human or, or X history in the past. So, yeah. um, it's cool. There's a, the, I mean, you, I don't think you've seen, I don't know if you've seen issue two yet, but issue I two have not seen issue two. is, uh, is really just takes, I mean, issue one sets up everything. Yeah. That's what I figured. Of, I figured issue yeah. two will be more fight, fight, fight. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's really, um, pretty intense and just the pace is pretty relentless yeah. throughout the whole series and, and builds to a big, huge, uh, you know, I mean, everything you'd want out of one of these these uh, these beat 'em up series. It's great. Well, I want to go back a little ways, go sure. back even before Death of X to the origins of this project, how it was conceived, how you were brought on board. Um, it's been built to for a long time, like you said, right after Seer Wars. We knew what was going on with the Terrigen Mists. Uh, it's been seated in Uncanny and Humans. It's been seated in Extraordinary X Men. But give us kind of the initial building blocks of the project, how you and Jeff became involved, and where you decided to take it. Sure. Um, I mean, I feel like I had my first discussions about IDX, um, gosh, like a. a like well before Secret yeah. Wars, like well, oh yeah, you know, it, it, it goes way back in the creative summits. I know that. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I was, I, I came onto the Inhuman books uh, in February of 2014. That mm-hmm. was when my first ones came out. So I was on it maybe three months before that. And so it, it wasn't it wasn't that early because we were still kind of defining what the the new sure. status quo for the Inhumans was going to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, we started talking about Secret Wars that summer uh, in in a sort of sort of the summer 2014 probably I think that yeah. early yeah. and I think right around so maybe that fall is is when the idea that maybe immediately you guys knew coming out of Secret Wars there was going to be something between the mutants yeah. and the inhumans yeah it, it just seemed like two two groups that had this you had this really you know with the Terrigen Mist you had a catalyst for conflict that that had a had a really neat sort of ideological component to it because mm-hmm. you have the the mutants who have always, I, I mean, you know, one of the, the, the main characteristics of mutants or mutant kind is that they always seem to be kind of on the edge of extinction. Mm-hmm. There's always, they're always really, really under threat. Um, and then you have a, another group, the Inhumans, who uh, are sort of ascendant at, yeah. at the moment within the Marvel Universe. They've had this, this Terrigen Mist, which is really, really helping their numbers grow because mm-hmm. they, you know, all of this, this new population of humans has been discovered on the, on the planet Earth. Uh, and and not only is it helping them grow now, but it's also extremely culturally important to them. For like twenty thousand years, Terrigen's been, you know, almost a religious aspect of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's been very very central to who they are. So, you you have a conflict that's really like you totally understand where both sides are coming from. And uh, you know, the mutants certainly don't want to don't want to die. Don't right. want to have something on the earth that's making them sick. Right. Self preservation. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, 
but at the same time the inhumans are like you know it's it's not everywhere it's mm-hmm. not it's not like it's in in the water and the right. air it's it's like a discrete thing that hypothetically you could you know we can work a way around this yeah so so let's not jump into sort of getting rid of it all across the planet just mm-hmm. because you happen it happens to make you sick um, and so that's where things begin uh, and and then they they evolve significantly and and I think that the the both the Inhumans and the X Men on both there are some very rational, smart people on both sides of this mm-hmm. this conflict who who would prefer to res- resolve it peacefully. But there's also an enormous amount of emotion involved, right. and so it just you know it's funny. I, I've I've been hearing a lot from fandom on both sides about this, and there's clearly a lot of emotion on on all sides of this yeah. of this story, which is which is great because I think it's going to mean people are bringing a lot of. Um, a lot of that to the story when they read it. So it's it's there's going to be a lot of engagement, which I think is good. But. Well, from the Inhuman side of things, like you said, you've been, you worked on Inhuman, you work on Uncanny Inhumans. You've had a couple years now to build up to this event. What are some of the storylines and plots that you laid down knowing that they would be able to eventually be spotlighted in this big event? Well, there's a one of the biggest ones uh, has that been Hank McCoy, yeah. Beast, has been working with the, the Inhumans now for... I mean, essentially eight months, most of a year, that kind of thing. And and we knew that that would be where we started in the mm-hmm. Uncanny and Human series. And it seemed important to kind of explain how we got there and also have him be somebody who 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 is used to solving problems with his mind and approaches mm-hmm. this very optimistically and thinks that this is a problem that, since it is at its heart kind of a science problem, he's going to be able to fix it. Uh, and and so his, his almost disillusionment as... He realizes that things are spiraling out of control, and, and a fight is going to happen. Um, is it gives him a very interesting arc over the course of the series. So putting we've had him in, in Uncanny for a long time. He's right. popped up Since on adventures, yeah. yeah. And and so I think if you go back and look at what how he progresses, uh, particularly if you look at that zero issue of IVX two all together, it all makes kind of a nice picture for him. Uh, and then beyond that, it's it's been about. Um, for me, as the Inhumans writer, it's mm-hmm. been about really selling to readers and making it clear how important what Terrigen is, how it works, yeah. uh, the mechanics of it in the world right now, like the cloud, where it is, how how the world reacts to it, and but centrally, like how how it's very it's not just kind of a chemical that they they use. It's sure. like it's a really significant part of who they who it's they part are. Of their culture. It is. It is yeah. it's arguably like almost all of their culture and right. has been for a very very long time. Um, they they have it's like a sacrament to them. It's mm-hmm. religious almost. So um, so it's not an easy quick call for them to just be like, well, we're just going to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, so so that I have I felt has been my job and then the ex writer's job has been to make it clear uh, you know how they feel about it. How they, mm-hmm. so so the two points of view can be very very strongly defined right. uh, when we go into it. But it's also, you know, we didn't want it to be something that was inaccessible. If you haven't if you haven't been reading the books, sure. hopefully you've been reading them all. But um, we wanted to make sure that anybody could just jump in and uh, you know have a really good time. with Yeah, it. and again, IVX number zero does a really good mm-hmm. job kind of setting up. Here's the basic conflict. Here are the major players. Here's what you need to know. Right. Going into the book. Um, there are so many X-Men. Obviously, like we said, this is a huge X-Men story in addition to being a major Inhuman story. And you, as you said, you call yourself the Inhumans writer. Mm-hmm. But once you jump into the co-writing with Jeff, you've got to handle some of the X-Men characters. Right. So what did you do to kind of prepare yourself uh, to write the X-Men? And I guess also kind of what's your history with the X-Men? Are you a longtime fan? Are these some of your favorite stories? Are you psyched to get to write these characters? Yeah, I, I would say that some of my favorite 
X stories for sure. Like I, I loved Grant Morrison's new X Men mm-hmm. run, um, and I think you can see that it's no accident that that Emma Frost is such a big part of both sure. um, both Death of X and IVX. She's mm-hmm. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite characters. So getting to write um, her scenes has been has been nice. a blast. I've done a lot with her in both series. Um, but I also, I mean, the, the the biggest X story that I'm known for up until this point is probably um, probably Death of Wolverine, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which which is certainly an X, you know, a big yeah, central X-Men, X-Men story. Um, and then I did I did a series called Wolverines, which yep. was focused on a bunch of kind of Wolverine associated bad guys and, mm-hmm. and darker characters, which was a blast. But I I mean, it is an X series, but it's I haven't been on. It's a little off to the side. It is off to the side. That's yeah. a good way to put it. So this this series, Death of X and IVX, has been my first real. Let's write the whole churning soap opera of yeah. that stuff, and which there's nothing else like it. There is really, really nothing, nothing else like it, and it, it's it's intimidating. Um, it's in in part because there's so many characters with so much great story that you could you could choose and adapt. So you've mm-hmm. got hundreds of them and it's picking your your five or six your ten mm-hmm. and putting them in the story so we we chose groups that would be interesting to show sort of some new faces some old faces um and 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 try and see them in maybe some new ways like i said before putting them in, against some new opponents seeing right. some different fights um you've also got some x characters that have emerged in the universe um sort of more recently since Secret Wars. Old Man Logan's around. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Laura Kinney is X-23, mm-hmm. uh, is, is is Wolverine. She's in the costume. Right. Um, plus you've got all of the sort of the young versions of the the classic five uh, that Brian Bendis brought forward through the his 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 run. Mm-hmm. So young Cyclops, young Beast, all those characters are around. So it's 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 amazing how like I have my what I consider my central X stories to me, like the things that really were formative for me, which would probably be the Claremont stuff. And then Grant Morrison stuff, more recently Joss Whedon's run, mm-hmm. um, and then you know other things sort of scattered here and there, but but since those, like the X landscape is is just radically different. Mm. Um, the characters that are central to it, the ones who are kind of, you know, even even who's in which costumes and who's around and what's happened to them. It's that's, but I think that's very characteristic of of the X world is that it's always really really changing and evolving constantly which mm-hmm. i guess makes sense for the whole mutant concept absolutely absolutely so you talked a little bit about beast about emma frost um about cyclops even being some of the key figures but as we go into ivx and uh it expands a little the cast expands a little it becomes important who are some of the central characters uh on the human side mm-hmm. as well as on the x-men side that we should be watching out for sure well in in on the mutant side uh you the the ones you name for sure i'd also storm has a big role mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly big role. Yeah. Not not surprising that it's big, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but her role is very surprising uh, in issue one. Yeah, yeah. I that, did not see it coming. That right, was, exactly. That was a cool twist. Um, well, that's, you know, that's what you want to hopefully do. Yeah. Uh, so, so Not spoiling it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Storm is a big part. Magneto has has some awesome scenes. Um, who else do we put in that's cool? We, there's a lot of focus on some of the... Uh, some of the younger characters mm-hmm. um, that maybe haven't haven't had some of the bigger storylines right. all the time. Um, you guys busted out alchemy for uh, yeah. Death of X. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a that was a deep cut. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he didn't last very long. Yeah, but but he, <laughs> but he was there. That's probably the, that's probably the most high profile appearance he's ever had. So yeah, I, think I suppose he's so. Grateful for it. Yeah, it's true in yeah. his in his way. Yeah. Uh, Magneto has an awesome scene. Old Man Logan has a pretty awesome scene yeah. or two. Uh, Forge is a big part. Hmm. Um, so that's that's. The X side. Yeah. On the Inhuman side, um, let's see. Well, Medusa obviously. Black Bolt uh, has a role that's that's quite cool. Um, who else do we have that's neat? Um, Karnak right away. Well, Karnak, yeah. Karnak's groovy. Um, 
there's there's a lot of stuff for kind of some of the newer ones to do. Inferno mm-hmm. has a has a really sweet scene. Uh, Iso Kamala Khan, so Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do we? Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur have have you know she or they, however you want to say it. Are they, are they fun to write? Yeah, I it's just they. you know Lunella is yeah. um, she's just very cool. Um, yeah, Mosaic, the new the newer guy. In oh, Mosaic. cool. He's got an, he's got a really neat scene in issue nice. three, I think. Um, so it's it's and Reader, obviously Reader and Frank McGee, who are two mm-hmm. guys I made up. Who I right, I mean, you I love made them. them up. I love them. <laughs> They're uh, great, though. Yeah. So they there's there's a lot of um, kind of mix of characters, old and new. Uh, Gorgon. I mean, they're all you know, Crystal. All like the. I think there are more at this point. There are many, many more known X Men than there are known Inhumans. Yeah. So most of the the Inhumans that you're familiar with get get scenes and fights and mm-hmm. cool stuff. So it's fun. Very cool. Um, Let's talk the contrast between Inhumans and X-Men. You, you got into it a little bit. You said the X-Men are always on the brink of extinction. Mm-hmm. The humans are, Inhumans right now are ascendant. But beyond their current roles, in terms of their classic roles in the Marvel Universe, they're not. They're both, you know, other than human. Right. They're both uh, off to the side. There's something different than the average human. But I think they're, they fulfill very different spots in the Marvel Universe. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit, contrast them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the way the way that I've, I've really come to think of them, and I think it really helps to, for me as, as, you know, when I'm writing both groups, is to think that the Inhumans identify as, as like a, as a nation, mm-hmm. as a... True, yeah. As a, as a, a like a state, a government yeah, yeah, state, yeah. right? And if you... Uh, and they, so they have relations. They're all together too. They're, they're all, all together. Yeah, they're basically unified. Um, there are some outlier factors, but basically, sure. they're they they have a they have a home. They have and they've had a home for thousands and thousands of years. They mm-hmm. have this incredibly long history within the Marvel universe in interacting with sort of the history of things, uh, a sort of world in human history in a way that's very very interesting. And so they have this long defined cultural identity. Whereas uh, the mutants, you know. Depending on who you ask, depending on how you look, depending on how how you want to define mutant history, they're they're um, sort of they're children of the atom. They're a more recent phenomenon, and mm-hmm. I know that there are ancient mutants and all of those things. Mm-hmm. That the, the history is very long and convoluted, <laughs> but I think that they they consider themselves to have have emerged um, organically from from the modern world, and I don't. I certainly don't think they all consider themselves to be one thing. I think that there are many, many different viewpoints among mutants, which causes conflict between them as much as it causes conflict with, with other factions in the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, they all want to live, they all want to survive, but the way they might want to go about that, you know, Magneto is not the same as Storm, and Storm is not the same thing as, as Blob. You know, they're just, they're very, they're, there's a lot of different points of view. Uh, and while there are certainly lots of different points of view in the Inhumans as well, you know, there's there's a central authority that they're yeah. all aware of. There's the the throne. There's there's right now Medusa's the queen. Black Bolt's been the king. But there's been a, there's been somebody on that throne for again thousands of years. So even though there's a lot of new humans popping up, and and some of them were just like New York City cops, and now they're now they're part of this other nation. Mm-hmm. I still think there's a sense of this this kind of unified state. I keep saying the word, but it's right. that's kind of how wow. I see it. And I so it's it's. Um, that, that sense of unified culture in particular mm-hmm. really, really sets them apart when you're writing them. Do you feel like even if this Terrigen cloud hadn't come along that was killing mutants, is there enough inherent conflict between these two groups in the Marvel Universe that they were almost 
destined to clash at some point. You know, the mutants at one point saw themselves as the future of humanity. It seems like the Inhumans have kind of supplanted them there. Do you think they would have clashed eventually? You know, they're both they're they're the mutants um, have been their population has been growing recently, which right. has been great. Uh, they they've gotten over a lot of the hurdles that that were causing them to you know from 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 a little further back with no more mutants and the scarlet right. witch you know right. house of m and all that to to various things past that they've kind of gotten past that and their numbers have been growing um and the inhumans as we talked about before with they've had a real surge in population mm-hmm. uh over the last year or two and so whenever you have two growing populations especially ones that kind of you know sort of speak so loudly in the world like sure. powered populations uh there's only so much you know, bandwidth, I suppose, that the world has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think inevitably at some point they were going to come into conflict, whether or not it was going to be as big mm-hmm. as IVX, whether or not it was going to be such sort of a, you know, a fundamental core issue to both, mm-hmm. who knows. But, uh, you know, at the very least it's fun to see yeah. mutants and humans kind of going at it. So it's, sure. yeah. Talk to me a little bit about writing with Jeff on this project. You guys wrote Death of X together. Mm-hmm. You're going to be writing IVX together. I don't know how many writing partnerships you've had in the past to compare it to, but what has this experience been like? Um, there's been there's been a few. I wrote with uh, with Ray Fox on Wolverines. Yep. We alternated issues on that series. That was a weekly series. Um, and then I, I co-wrote the um, at the Distinguished Competition. Mm. Uh, I wrote a big Superman story called Doomed there yes. uh, with Greg Pak, who is who's a phenomenal writer. Yeah, no, so, so I, you know, the the great thing about all those projects is that the the person I was writing with was was awesome. So it mm-hmm. wasn't, it was, you know, it wasn't like it could have been a lot worse. Let's put it that way. Sure, sure. Um, and specifically with Jeff, I mean, we 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 started out with kind of an, an easy division of labor because these books divide into X scenes and in human scenes pretty easily. So mm-hmm. when we started, it was like, well, and certainly when we're outlining things, it was, you know, Jeff would take the X stuff and then I would take the human stuff. And so for, for a first pass, that's how it tended to work. As we moved on and the two groups weren't just sort of in their own spaces getting ready to fight, they were actually all mixed together fighting. Um, we had to kind of make decisions about who would take which based on whatever scene spoke to them more. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how it's been. We We write... We, we get on the phone, we, we break an issue, sort of we outline it, and then we say, well, what if you take pages one through six, I'll take pages nine through 11, whatever it might be. And then and then we generate a first draft, and then we usually send that back and forth, that goes to editors, get some notes, sort of. So by the end, I think it's much more of um, uh, an organic kind of production from both mm-hmm. of us. But when we start, it's usually, he'll do X and I'll do I, and then we'll just go to go from there. Very cool. All right, as we sort of wind it down here, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about Inhumans versus X Men, the series. Why is it going to be so cool? I mean, I think you sold it pretty well <laughs> already, but just for people who might still be on the fence to check it out, you know, we've got so many comics out and that people only have so many dollars to I spend. I know. I know. Why do they need to pick up IVX? Well, the a lot of times with 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 big events, big story events, the the, the central conflict at the heart of it isn't always, you know, it, it's not always. This is I shouldn't perhaps shouldn't be saying it through, but it's not always yeah. it's not always incredibly resonant. Sometimes no, it feels sure. like some cosmic thing has popped up and everybody's got to fight and sort of deal with it. Right. I think IVX at its heart has has you know it's a survival issue for yeah. both sides. You you totally understand why each side would go to the mat on this, mm-hmm. um, and so it it becomes. You know, there's an emotional core to every single scene, whether it's in humans or X Men or whatever's going on. You know 
why at, at their heart why the people are behaving the way they're behaving even when they're doing pretty terrible things mm-hmm. um, there's that the cast is is huge so you're going to see a lot of cool characters fighting and, and flying around and doing sweet things mm-hmm. uh, the art is just beyond belief uh, as you've seen just really yeah, really good but Neil is is I mean I really feel lucky to be working with him again yep. um, and then uh, you know it's it's uh, it's it's the next big chapter in two really significant parts of the Marvel Universe's uh, Marvel Universe, like they, they, they both come out of this changed in yeah. a really big way. It yeah, really we've started to up. see some of the stuff that's yeah. coming down the line. Um, so all the all the resurrection stories, mm-hmm. uh, they all begin here. And so if you want to see kind of how we get there, um, it's a really nice capper on the stories that Jeff and I have been telling, mm-hmm. and it really leads nicely into into all the new stuff to come. So that's what I'd say. Well said, mm-hmm. very well said, very cool. Charles, if people want to uh, communicate with you online, I know uh, a lot of people are talking to you yeah. <laughs> socially right now. How uh-huh. can they reach you? Uh, the, the easiest way is Twitter. I have a very active Twitter um, uh, Twitter account, just at Charles Soul, just mm-hmm. my name. Um, so, yeah, say whatever you want, and yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, and thanks for uh, writing this great event. I'm looking my forward pleasure. to reading it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Okay, guys, this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>